0: In light of COVID 19, many of our lives have changed. So I wanted to speak to that for a couple of minutes first. What we do right now as a church is what's expedient, what is prudent. It's not what we've normally done, it's not tradition, it's not whatever, and yet the truth never changes, and so that's what I really like about the scriptures. We can continue to do things in different methods, but still keep the truth of the Word of God as it has always been. When I was a 22-year-old preacher, first starting out, I preached from the truth. I knew the truth of the Word of God. I'd been to college, I'd studied it, and now I was ready to, to preach it but i really didn't have all that much experience right now at the age that i am now after having pastored for over 42 years and now in a in a kind of a slow mo motion it, it's the idea of having the truth plus experience and i love it i love the experience thing that then tests out what's actually taking place and knowing that the truth still stands regardless as to the age paul says something like this i have learned The secret of being content. Because I've been in the good times and in the hard times, in plenty and in want. And you don't learn that secret until you've actually experienced the good times. And then you know how to be content. Until you've actually experienced those hard times. And then you learn to be content. So here's a time for all of us together to be able to learn to be content even through the difficult things. One of the things that we've been able to do is to help our family, and I hope that you can as well, help your family to be able to find solutions to the issues that are at hand. It's a whole lot better for them to become a part of the solution than a part of the problem. I think we'd all would agree with that. And if we can help them to see, okay, this is a real situation. We need to deal with it. What can you do? What is your part and helping this. And so helping them find solutions, I think is something that is critical, especially for children in this kind of a day and age. Everyone will remember what was happening worldwide at this time of the year. So why not help them help others? When things were forced to slow down, our family began to do different things that would then help the situation. I, (laughs) first of all, I got my income taxes done. I thought that was important. So I had time, I had extra time, so I began to do my income taxes. I'm way ahead of that game, and so that's good. But then as a family, what we did, we took a two-mile stretch on State Route 3, and as a family, we picked up trash and did something with the time. The kids were out of school, and we did something to become a part of the solution. While we were doing that, my other granddaughter stayed at home with my wife, Corinne, and she learned to make cheesy potatoes. There are things that you can do with your kids to help them learn and take advantage of the time together, and that's what I'm speaking to. When it became a quarantine kind of a situation, when we were forced to stay more at home, my wife began preparing things for her preschool kids, So that she could put them online, they could have something to do when they're at home, that kind of thing. She's also gotten a whole lot of drawers cleaned out that she's been wanting to do for years. And now we're finding more pens and pencils than you'd ever could imagine to be in there. What am I doing? Well, for me, it's different things like cleaning out the garage. Did that. Fix the toilet that was leaking. Did that. Fixed the ceiling when the toilet leaked through the floor, and I've done that. Things that have been kind of putting off, and yet actually got to, and I've been able to do those kind of things. Worked on my, lawn, my lawnmower. Yesterday, I got outside, put up the garage door. It wasn't too bad outside, so I decided I'm going to get my, re- my lawnmower ready for spring. So, went out there to do that. Notice my neighbor's working on his truck. So, he's under the front end of the truck. He's banging on something, grunting, groaning. I'm watching the kids coming in and out and bothering dad while mom's at work. They've got four kids at home. First of all, for those of you who have kids at home, I am so glad it's you and not me. I I really am. I am glad I do not have three little ones at home right now. That is an effort. God bless you during that. But they've got these four little kids that keep coming in and out of the door. So I decided I'd go over and help. Kind of control the kids a little bit for him so he could actually work on the truck. And then I loaned him my breaker bar and a few other things so that he could actually get the job done. After that, I went back to my garage and who follows me, but their little five-year-old redheaded boy, okay? Just inquisitive, redheaded. He's got things to do all the time. I bet he sleeps really well, but he's always doing something. So I'm over there changing my battery He goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm putting in a new battery. Why are you doing that? So we went through that a little bit, and as we're doing it, I said, this is the electric. This is what helps it to start. And he goes, oh, my daddy has a lawnmower, but it doesn't use electric. It just uses gas. So rather than argue with a five-year-old, I decided, well, just going to let that one pass. Oh, really? That one uses gas, huh? So I talked with them back and forth, just kind of occupied his time a little bit. And then after about 10, 15 minutes, I was about the end of my quota. So I said, well, I think it's time for you to go back home, and I need to finish working on my lawnmower. So he's kind enough. He starts walking back home. He stops, and he turns around, and he says, I love you. And this is my little neighbor boy. They're going through a hard time. The four kids are going through a hard time. The mom's going through a hard time. The guy that's living with them is going through a hard time. They're all going through a hard time. It's not exactly the way that God drew it up. but They're my neighbors, and I want to care for them, and I want to do for them as I can, and so those are the kind of things that I'm talking about. Helping out in any way that we can. Here's the last thing I want to say to this, and then I'm going to get into today's lesson. When things are shaken up, no one, no one remains the same. If you're strong in Christ, it will just make you stronger because you realize that the only thing that's never shaken, the foundation that always remains the same is Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is not going to be shaken. We know our confidence is in the unshakable one. And so that will make us even stronger. But for those who question, now they may be worshiping, they may not. But everybody comes through those question times. And for those of you who are questioning during this time, it's a time to either come closer to God or to distance yourself from him. But you will not remain the same. You either find answers in God, purpose to life, all those things that, that you've just kind of been laying off to the side, not really tackling yet. You either get closer to and understand that God really does have answers or you distance, but you will not remain the same. For those of you who have been questioning and wanting to get closer to God, why not take advantage of this opportunity? Change is happening. Why not change for the better? Why not change and grow closer to God? That's your opportunity right now, all right? i want to pray, and then I want to get into the Word of God for a little bit, okay? Let's do that. Father, I just pray that you would help us in the way that we change, that it would draw us closer to you. That's what you've always wanted, is a good relationship with us. So help us that we would take advantage of the time, get into your Word, read what we can, understand what we can, and give you who we really are. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, for this morning, what I want to do is just kind of take a look at two different topics. For this Sunday and next Sunday, what I wanted to do is take a look at the timing and the determination of Jesus when he's coming to the cross. The timing and the determination that was upon Jesus. You probably don't know this man's name, Roy Mays. You might. Roy and I were schoolmates in college. We graduated together. We were in a singing group together. I was for two years with the Come Alive Singers out of Cincinnati, but he was our preacher boy. At 18, 19, 20 years of age, he could preach. And so as we went across the country, Roy Mays was the preacher. In 2005, January, he died of cancer. Some 15 years ago. And I always wondered with that, God, why? Why Roy? He had such a skill set that I could only admire. Why would you let him die when you still let me live? When Dave Robertson moved to the Columbus area and he shot me an email one day, he had a quote from Roy down at the bottom of it, and I asked him about that. I said, Dave, doesn't it make you wonder why? What about this timing of death? What about Roy? Why would he not live? And we continue. He said, you know what? That has always bothered me. We both knew what Roy brought. What he brought to the... He was in a church at Southland, Lexington, Kentucky. Thousands of people could preach, could influence people. And yet the timing was there for him to leave this world and enter into the next. Sometimes I just kind of get the idea that God is a little slow in his timing. Now, God, don't take offense at that. But I just, I don't have that kind of patience to think that he knows what he's doing all the time. God, why don't you hurry up with this one? Father, why, why don't you go ahead and just take care of this? And what he's teaching me all along the way is my timing is perfect. Don't worry about it. I've got this. If you remember when Jesus is preaching and he's teaching, he's going along the way. He preached in his hometown of Nazareth at one point, and he was doing well until he turned the tables on him and made them look at themselves. They didn't care much for that, so they drove him out to the cliff, ready to throw him over, but the Bible says that he walked right through them and no man laid a hand on him. It wasn't his time. His brothers, a little bit later, as Jesus is preaching and he's performing miracles and doing these different things. They're not believers yet. His own brothers really aren't believers yet. And they sarcastically tell him why don't you go on down to Jerusalem and pull off some of the miracles down there. Maybe they'll believe you down there. That kind of a thing. And Jesus' answer is the time for you is right anytime. time. It doesn't matter for you. But it's not right for me yet. Later In the Gospel of John, it says that he was in the temple courts and they wanted to seize him, but, quote, no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. The next chapter, again, they're wanting to lay hands on him to put him to death, but it says, quote, no one seized him because his time had not yet come which then brings me to the text that I want to read for you today. It's in John chapter 12, beginning with verse 23. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus is saying, I'm going to die, but it's going to be worth it. Don't worry about it. Many will prosper because of my death. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He just flips the table on. him. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And the crowd that was there and heard it said that it thundered, and others said an angel had spoken to him. But Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now the time for judgment has come on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death that he was gonna die. The time was now. The time was right. Before it was not, nobody could put him down. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down. The timing was his timing. And it was perfect timing. And we realize that even as we go through the world today, some of the things that we hang on to and we have to actually go through the difficulties of, we understand that it's still within God's timing. Because nothing escapes his notice. Either God creates, he causes, or he permits, but nothing passes by him without his notice. God doesn't make everything happen, but if he's not behind it, he's permitting it. And if he's permitting it, it means there's a good reason for it. Paul says something like this. But when the fullness of time, Galatians 4.4, 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. When the fullness of time, literally the word remind the Greek, the fullness, the complete everything of time. And that word there is the word chronos, which means in a linear scale, if you get the beginning of time and the end of time with judgment, you look through all of time It's in that fullness of time, it's in that exact right moment that God sent forth his son. God knows what he's doing. God knows the time. And God understands what we're going through, and he's willing to help us through it. Quite literally, when we go back to Luke in chapter 9, it says this, when the days to be fulfilled were come upon him, he set his face toward Jerusalem. Literally, he set his face. He was determined to go to Jerusalem. Part of that is the thing that Thomas says, well, I guess if we can't talk him out of it, we might as well go with him so we can die too. That was Thomas's heart. Doubting Thomas? I don't think so. Willing to die for the Lord to go with him when it was time. When we understand that God's timing is always perfect, then we have more patience. Easter is coming soon. Will we be able to gather together for worship? I don't know. But it is not going to stop Easter. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ proves that he was who he said he was and he could do what he said he could do. He could rise from the dead even though they try to stop it, which means the reason why he died was what he said. He called it, I die for you. I die for you. The whole thing about him being the son of God, he could prove it because he could do the things that backed it up. He gave us evidence. Easter's coming. God knows that. The coronavirus coming God knew that. Anything that's coming into your life, God only allows because there can be some good that comes through it. Andre mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good when things work out the way you want them to. Oh, wait a minute. That isn't how it reads at all, is it? All things work together for good for what? For those who love him and are fitting into his plans. The one thing that God has always been after is a love relationship. So if you love him, that's step one. Step two is put your plans inside of his plans and allow it to fulfill the best thing that could ever happen. You can't see it from here. I cannot see it from here. God has an overall plan. Peter says it something like this. He says sometimes we think God's slow, but he's not. He says God is not slow as some think about slowness but he is wanting no one to perish, but that all should come to repentance. What Peter just said, we may think God's a little bit slow sometimes, but his ultimate end goal is for the salvation of someone else. Are you willing to endure? Are you willing to find yourself a part of the solution? I think this is a great time to be the church. Because we, the church, have the answers to the most pressing questions in life. Where do we come from? What is our purpose? And where are we going? That's us. That's the church. And when things are kind of in an unstable, upheaval kind of a situation, it will make people ask those kind of questions. Hopefully, we're showing them the joy and the peace and the contentment that comes regardless of, of the circumstances. It is a great time to be the church. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you have us here in in this place, wherever this place is. It could be within a family, it could be in a work situation. I pray for those who are in health, hospitals, wherever, that they are ministering to those who are in need. I pray for those who are in those essential Situations, those businesses that they cannot shut down for the sake of. Father, I pray that you would bless them, be with them, be with their families. And Father, for those who are nervous and fearful of, help them to find their confidence and their peace in you. That's where it needs to reside. And Father, as your church, help us never to, to back away from, but to run to the situation to see how it is that you would want us to help and fit into your plans your timing we pray in jesus name amen may i speak with you just for a moment about offerings it's important and so if it becomes important then we need to talk about it life is different right now. For some of you, you work in overtime. For others of you, you're being laid off. And so situation is different for everyone. But what you really need to do is to consider, what is it that I can do? Offerings before God should never be leftovers. They should not be after I take care of everything else. It ought to be with forethought, and it ought to be the first thing that you do. Because our Lord is the first thing on my mind, the first thing I wake up with, the last thing I go to bed with. He's my purpose, my reason for living. So my money is not separate from, it's a part of who I am. This church needs your tithes and offerings. This is a difficult time for everybody. If you can give online, please do that. That's awesome. Some of you are just going to be kind of saving up at home, and then when you are able to get back to worship, you bring it back with you. Others of you are going to have to cut, and we understand that. But others of you may be able to give extra during this time as well. Whatever it is, the church is the best institution in the world, that in the family, the only two things God ever established, organization of the family, organization of the church. And Satan would love to see both of those fall. That's God's heartbeat. So if at all possible, if you can give, please do so online. If not, save it, bring it when you come back to worship. And if you cannot give what you used to, that is between you and God. And if you can help and give in an abundance, then you can make up because you've been given that gift of giving that Romans talks about. So consider very carefully. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of giving because it's when we give is when we feel the best. And it's not just money, but it's in our time and our talents and whatever. But Father, we also need that gift of money giving. And so, bless each one who's listening to this. May they do what is right before you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.